Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget remember if you or a loved one has a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into your Memorial Day edition of the Los Angeles CityCast. Happy Monday. This podcast, of course, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, and I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. I hope your long weekend, hopefully it was long for me, I was, I was working a lot of it, um, my work is very fun, though, for the most part. I enjoy all of the many jobs I do. But I hope your weekend was as profitable as mine. I uh, We know that there's ups and downs in betting, so it's nice when you're in one of those ups. I also hope it was more enjoyable because I was constantly in a state of stress with a lot of these bets, maybe maybe half of them. And that's a lot to me. But WNBA bets, last 15 bets, so actually back to May 25th, which if you're listening on Monday is about five days ago, 10 and 5, up 9.5 units. Let's go. Uh, let's hope that you're into WNBA because we'll be getting into that in a little bit. Also, before we start the show, a little would you rather because our beloved Wes Reynolds, if you don't know Wes, he's an incredible guest. He's been on the pod a couple of times, uh, but he is just a man of many talents. He is a Renaissance man. He knows just about anything about any topic you want to talk about, pop culture, sports betting, etc. Uh, one of my favorite people to work with, host shows with from VEASAN. He also does a great job on VEASAN's Long Shots, which is a great, great golf betting show. If you're looking to get into golf, I am definitely not the person to ask. But um, as the summer goes on, maybe we'll get some golf in here with Wes. Regardless, Wes Reynolds was trapped on an elevator uh, at BetMGM. And I'm bringing this up. Or no, not BetMGM. T-Mobile Arena. T-Mobile Arena. He was stuck on an elevator. And last I checked, uh, it was over an hour. So I just thought... First of all, that's a lot of people's like biggest like nightmares. And I think he was on the elevator alone, so maybe that's better. Is that the would you rather? I was going to ask a different one, but it, would you rather be trapped on an elevator for several hours alone 
or with someone else? Like, is having someone else there going to make you feel more calm, even if it's a stranger? Or would you rather be in there alone? That's that's the good would you rather. Uh, this is what I was going to ask, so there's one. Uh, would you rather be trapped in an elevator for several hours? I'm not going to give you exact. Several hours. You don't know. You're trapped in the elevator. You don't know how long. Or have to sit in a sports book all day and not make any bets. What would you rather do? One of those is actually scary. The other one is just maybe a little bit more self-control. Uh, but I like the alone or with a person. I'll answer. I hmm, think I would want another person in there. But it depends on a lot of facts. I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld. I tell you guys that probably. And um, thinking about the BO episode just pops into my mind. What's their hygiene like? Um, yeah, smell is the first thing that comes to mind in a small space. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. It's a tough one. Let me know what you think. Um, in today's show, we have our hot or not list. Wouldn't be LA without a hot or not list, right? And then we'll get into our MLB Monday preview. Pirates at Dodgers on Monday. Yikes. The, the best of the best and the worst of the worst. Uh, and then the Angels at the Yankees. Ooh, that's, that's a little bit better. And that one's actually earlier in the day. 4.05 p.m. Pacific time for that Angels game. Pirates-Dodgers, 7.10. Then we'll get into the WNBA preview. There's unfortunately no games on Monday. There is NHL action going on, and like I mentioned, baseball. But NBA Finals, not until Thursday. But we will have some basketball before and then in the form of the WNBA. Four games, Mystics at Fever, Mercury at Sun, Sun at Aces, and Wings at da -da -da -da, the LA Sparks, who frankly, are falling short of expectations. I think they started the season and we thought promising good pieces and just have not, again, put it together. It's starting to fall into disarray similar to last season, and it's very early in the season. But again, 34 games, not that long of a season. Uh, first things first, though, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. So for the Dodgers, still all the futures, uh, no movement. Minus 265 to win the National League West, plus 220 to win the National League, and plus 475 to win the World Series. At this point, is it worth just like finding the best number you can on the Dodgers to win the World Series and just having that ticket? Do people Have people already done this? It might, right? It's kind of like buying the Alabama ticket for the college football championship. Like, do you want to just have it? Just to have it? Monday night game, 7, 10 p.m. Pacific time. No, uh... Yes, line for this, Pirates plus 270 money line, run line plus one and a half at plus 120. You get plus money on both there. And the Dodgers minus 315 money line. That's the biggest one I've seen this season. Uh, minus one and a half, minus 148. That's what she sent, a little Michael Scott humor for you there. Uh, but minus one and a half run line at minus 148. So the run line to me is not even very bettable. Minus 148, that's not fun. I mean, if you're going to be going into run lines maybe we look at an alternative line more on that in a moment total for this game sitting at eight eight i'd look over i'd look over the dodgers could do that by themselves against this team are you kidding me and i get it because supposedly uh, purportedly reportedly <laughs> rocker bueller gonna be on the mound for the dodgers and if that's the case, then maybe you're thinking the Pirates aren't going to score at all. The Dodgers could go over this themselves. Uh, so I wouldn't hate it if you wanted to do that. But the Pirates certainly aren't going to help you a lot. The Angels, plus 205 to win the AL West. 9-1 to to win the American League. 20-1 to to win the World Series. No movement there. And then Monday night action for them, 4.05 p.m. Pacific time. And no lines up for this just yet. Angels and Yankees uh, at the time of recording. Pretty late here. I'm just about heading into Monday at this point. WNBA, 
Sparks are 30 to one to win the championship and not an LA team, but going to throw it in the mystics. The Washington mystics are still 10 to one. It's unfortunate because they were 25 to one, not, but two weeks ago, it seems. And it got down to 20 to one pretty close after that, maybe 10 days ago, maybe two weeks. And they're still sitting at 10 to one. And on the board, that's by and large, the best value I believe uh, for a team uh, that's left in that top section. The aces are incredible. They're in a tier of their own. We'll talk about that later. So yeah, if you want an aces ticket again, it's like having a Dodgers ticket. It's actually worse. It's going to be a plus 200 plus 150 in some spots, but mystics 10 to one, I think is very viable. Uh, Candace Parker, 12 to one to win MVP. We said that that was, you know, a good storyline. She hasn't done anything necessarily that's making us jump out of our seats yet. Uh, Elena Deladon back this year. Great storyline too. She is missing some games, including maybe this, this Tuesday game, maybe for rest. So that's hard to, to get the numbers you need, the things you need to do to win MVP, but 14 to one there. And then just a long shot to look at Jackie Young, 25 to one from the aces here, averaging 18.2 points per game, 4.4 rebounds, four assists, 1.7 steals, half a block. Her player efficiency rating on her hoop stats, 24.1. Just incredible, incredible start to the season for her. And I think getting buried in the fact just because the Aces are so dominant. But if you watch the Aces play, her name's going to come up a bunch of times. And she's sitting at 25 to 1. Uh, Asia Wilson, of course, being a front runner in that category ahead of her. The NFL, the Rams, 11 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. And the Chargers, 16 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. You can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. Now let's get into the hot. Or not list. Wish there was like a cool sound effect for that. We'll work on it. We'll project it. We'll we'll workshop it. Starting with the hot list, uh, I'm gonna give Jimmy Butler his props. I already made a TikTok about this. People are probably gonna think I'm obsessed with this Heat team or Jimmy Butler. But I first of all, I loved this Heat team starting in the bubble. That's when I started getting excited about this team. They were fun. Jimmy Butler had uh, the Big Face Coffee uh, Coffee Company going and was selling coffee in the bubble. This team locked in. They were so fun to watch. It's when we all started paying attention to Tyler Hero. But that said, you got to give it up for Jimmy Butler. I'm not like this. I'm not, that's not my like favorite player even, but I just think, how do you not like, I think that's kind of been the response actually after this game seven that we saw on Sunday. How do you not give it up for a player like Jimmy Butler? Left it out on the court, played all 48 minutes in game seven, played all but two minutes in game six. Game six, 47 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 16 of 29 field goal. Game 7, 35 points, 9 rebounds, 13 of 24 field goal. Did everything he could possibly do. Except, of course, a final 3. I don't think it was a bad shot necessarily, but you could say it because they could have tied the game up there instead of him going for the win. I think that he earned that shot. It's unfortunate because it resulted in them not being able to advance past the Celtics. But I think it's fortunate for us because I think Celtics-Warriors is going to be the more interesting series. But on the hot list, Jimmy Butler, it's very hot to play your heart out, to uh, do your absolute best you're capable of doing, John Wooden, etc. So Jimmy Butler, way to go. On the not list, taking away threes. Minutes later, several minutes later. So the three-pointer by Max Struess was retroactively wiped off the board by the refs during the third quarter of this game seven. The shot was originally ruled as good. Have you guys seen a look at this? Take a look at this shot. Tell me what you think. I think his heel was lifted. I don't think he went out. 
but the refs did. They reviewed it several minutes later and took three points off the board for Miami. He made his shot at 11.04, or, you know, made his shot at 11.04 of the third quarter. The refs took the points off the board when Robert Williams was shooting free throws at the 8.28 mark of the third. Like, so weird. Just not it. Uh, And just really cut cut into the heat, who that really made it a two- you know, a two-point game for them, and all of a sudden, mm, no, five, or whatever it is. Uh, so, not just not it. Not hot to take threes away. We want more threes, not less, and also doing it minutes later, really, the issue. Also on the hot list, if you missed this game, so good. Like, for college baseball, as far as it goes, UCLA baseball on the hot list. We'll throw Oregon State in there, too, because they were a part of this. Saturday, Pac-12 tournament, UCLA and Oregon State. They went nuts. So fast forward, just because there's so much going on in this game, but UCLA down by nine runs, entering the bottom of the ninth inning. Down by nine. That's not that exciting, right? Like this this sounds really boring. UCLA tied the score at 21 to 21. Oregon State went ahead 22 to 21 in the top of the 10th inning. UCLA tied it at 22-22 after a bases loaded balk. Then reserve catcher Tommy Perez hits a walk-off three-run home run for a 25 to 22 UCLA win in Scottsdale. Baseball, college baseball game, 25 to 22. I don't know if this is what they wanted in their first year of doing the Pac-12 baseball tournament, but there it is anyway. So exciting to watch. Um, Oregon State used nine pitchers. UCLA used seven. Oregon State's Justin Boyd had six hits and eight at-bats. And then Perez came off the bench to contribute seven RBIs. Kenny Oyama of UCLA went 5-4-6 with five RBIs. Just the most exciting baseball game I think you're probably going to see this year, in case you missed it. Definitely on the hot list. Uh, Not list, though, losing the second game for UCLA because the two teams then had to face off in a doubleheader. 45 minutes later, elimination game, Oregon State wins 8-7 on a walk-off. After all of that, Oregon State goes on to face Stanford in the Pac-12 championship game on Sunday. Uh, So not so hot to end up not even getting to play in the championship, but that game stands on its own. Also on the not list... Uh, Liz Cambage news resurfacing. I'm just going to touch on this very quickly because it is Los Angeles centric in the sense that she plays for the LA Sparks. And this news I say is resurfacing because this came out around the time of the Olympics. This is something that happened around the time of the Olympics and it's just now getting re brought up and people are uh, rightfully outraged over it. I just am confused about why now. Cause like I, I remember being outraged. I was upset about it, I guess. I don't know if I was outraged. I don't, I'm don't. i not a really like rageaholic kind of person, actually, unfortunately. I wish I was more confrontational, frankly. Uh, but I remember being upset and like, come on. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? When I read this, when it happened back in the Olympics. But anyways, uh, all of this lead into someone's like, well, just tell us what happened. In case you missed it, uh, the Sparks and the Australian Women's Basketball Team Center, Liz Cambage, so... Australian women's team. She's from Australia. Actually, I think was born in the UK, if you can believe that. But Australian. Racial slur uh, towards members of the Nigerian women's basketball team during a scrimmage ahead of the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. So anonymous members of the Nigerian team uh, were interviewed by the Daily Telegraph. They alleged that Cambage called them monkeys and told them to go back to their third world country. What? So I don't want to go into all the details of this because it's just nasty. 
Uh, Liz Cambage, understandably a hothead, very disliked a lot in this league, and you can understand why when things like this are happening. You hope that she learns from this. She gave an apology. One of the Nigerian players said, I don't think it was sincere. I think it was BS. Um, she withdrew from the Tokyo Olympics. She wanted to win a gold with that team, but, you know, not able to. They didn't end up going to do that anyways. Uh, I understand why people are upset about this. I'm confused about the timing of it. Why are we upset now when we weren't upset when this happened? Like, this came out a while ago, and she moved to the Sparks, and I remembered this story and was just like, oh, but everyone's, like, so excited, and we're not talking about it. So hopefully she's grown. Hopefully she's learned. I believe her father is actually of Nigerian descent, too. Not that this makes any of it okay, but it's just very weird, right? It's very weird, and it's just not acceptable behavior. And I guess her not getting to play in the Olympics is in some way a punishment, but she withdrew herself, so it's all really messy. And it's just not hot. It's not on the hot list. Uh, finally, let's get the spirits back up here on the hot list. The NBA Finals, Warriors versus Celtics. The Celtics' path to the Finals, way tougher than the Warriors, right? And, like, some people are upset about that, but, like, why? If you're a fan of basketball, it was so fun to watch. We got to see the Celtics play the Nets, and, like, the Nets were kind of a mess, but also had two of the best scores in the NBA on that team. Celtics beat them. Uh, then they go on to play the Bucks, which was an incredible series to watch. Giannis Antetokounmpo, but no Middleton. But Giannis, best player on the, you know, in the NBA right now, on the planet, maybe. <laughs> and they beat him. Again, no Middleton. Uh... And then they go on to be the number one seed in the East, the Heat, who were playing with injuries. So yes, everything can have an asterisk. But the point is, the Celtics' path was incredibly difficult, especially, I mean, if you just compare it to what the Warriors had to do. The Warriors were not healthy most of this season. They finally get healthy. They beat the Nuggets without Murray or MPJ. Uh, they beat the Grizzlies without Ja Morant, which was also especially weird because it almost seemed like the Grizzlies played better without Ja. What? Uh, and then they go on to beat Luca and the Mavs, who someone get Luca help, please, goodness. But yeah, I think that all in all, we got to see some incredible basketball, especially on the Eastern Conference side of things. I'm excited for this matchup. Celtics Warriors happening on Thursday, game one. Warriors a three and a half point favorite, total 211 and a half. Celtics are plus 138 on the money line. Warriors minus 165 on the money line. And if we think, if you think the Celtics are going to come in and give the Warriors trouble, like I consider they may. Now, the Warriors are going to have a little bit more rest, obviously. They're going to be at home. We know. If you don't, you should know about the Warriors at home. But if any team also, you've probably heard this at some point. I actually hosted, I guess hosted, I sub-hosted, whatever it was, on Friday on Rush Hour for Danny Burke, which is a show on VEASAN. And two different guests came on to talk about the NBA, and they both brought up the fact that the Celtics are one of the few teams who actually gave the Warriors a lot of trouble in the past, during the regular season, etc. So it seems like a team that actually has the Warriors kind of dialed in. That said, Steve Kerr is incredible in the playoffs. Um, Celtics home court advantage, Warriors home court advantage. It's going to be incredible. I do think if you think the Celtics defense is going to give this Warriors team problems, Celtics and under is plus 350 if you want to get wild. Um, and if you want these series odds, the Celtics are plus 130 on Bet Rivers to win it all, and the Warriors are minus 155. I'm sure that will adjust after game one. If you want to sit out game one and just enjoy it, that's okay too. Coming up, MLB on Monday, Pirates at the Dodgers and Angels at the Yankees. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. 
Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same-game parlay. You decide, log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRiver Sportsbook. Time for some MLB discussion. Soon this is all we're going to have. Soon we're only going to have baseball to discuss and you know that we'll already start to creep into NFL odds, futures, breaking all of that down. I don't even know if I'm ready for all of the NFL drama because NFL, if you don't know, as some and many say in betting, NFL is king as it pertains to betting. It's, it's the most bet on, the most amount of money bet on. I think it should be the NBA. It's got to be getting close. But nevertheless, football is a beast of its own. But for now, we're going to have just baseball a lot of this summer. So let's dig in. Dodgers right now. This is the good news. If you're in Los Angeles, you have incredible baseball teams to watch. You have incredible sporting teams. I say it every podcast, but here we are. The Dodgers are on a four-game winning streak. They swept the Diamondbacks. They've won 13 of their last 15 games. And of those 15, they won nine of those by two or more runs. So the run line is doing fine. Uh, the Dodgers are 33 and 14 on the season. Pitching staff, 2.67 ERA, 1.08 whip. That's that's cumulative, their pitching staff. And a 216 opponent batting average. Let's look at their opponent in this corner. The Pittsburgh Pirates, 19 and 27 on the season. And they've uh switched between winning and losing over their last seven games. So not even consistent with that. Uh, Pittsburgh's coming off a series loss against San Diego. They lost two out of the three games played, and their pitching staff has a 4.52 ERA, a 1.39 whip, and a 2.47 opponent batting average this season. They're in action on Monday, 7.10 p.m. Pacific time. Pirates plus 270 on the money line. Dodgers minus 315. Total at eight. At eight. Uh, the run line, minus one and a half for the Dodgers at minus 148. And the Pirates run line, so them getting a run and a half at plus 120. If we look at the matchup on the mound, Zach Thompson set to go for the Pirates, right-handed pitcher. He's 2-4 and four this season on win-loss. He's got a .5 ERA, but again, about 34 innings pitched this season. 1.54 whip, so that ERA may be a little misleading. Whip, probably a little bit more helpful. Dodgers offense here. They've scored 262 runs, <laughs> 253 batting average, 337 on base percentage, top of the league. And then Trey Turner just having a ball, batting 297, four home runs, and 39 RBIs for the Dodgers this season. If you're looking for any, you know, individual props, Trey wouldn't be a terrible place to start. And then for the Dodgers, Walker Bueller on the mound, right handed pitcher. He's six and one this season. Gotta love the consistency, Mr. Bueller. 2.91 ERA. And a 1.23 whip over 52 innings pitched this season. Pirates offense, it's generous to call them that, scored 155 runs with a 221 batting average and a 294 on-base percentage. Ben Gamble batting 257, three home runs, that's adorable, and 17 RBIs for the Pirates this season. Look at all this like smack I'm talking and watch the Pirates turn around and beat the Dodgers out of nowhere. I don't expect it to happen. Uh, what I do expect is the Dodgers to Dodger. They're at home. They have an ace on the mound. Uh, they're versus the Pirates. Dodgers run line seems obvious, almost too obvious. But as I said, it's not a ton of value necessarily, depending on how you rate value. Um, they're up against the worst 
team. Their offense is firing, so maybe a run line just is easy money for you. But again, the odds reflect that. They're not giving you a ton of... I mean, it's almost up to minus 150, I'm sure. So an alternative line, you can bet minus two and a half runs for the Dodgers. I think they'll win by three or more at plus 108. You're still only getting plus 108. If you think they're really going to just blow it out and win by four runs or more... Plus 165. So as you can see, the odds like don't even help you that much because they could see this being a total blowout. If instead you wanted to look at an over, I'd, I'd be understanding. The Dodgers are plus 117 on their run differential. First in the MLB, it's, it's not close. And they're plus 16 in their last three games. Keep in mind, the Pirates aren't going to help you a lot. They're minus 82 on run differential. Last. Dead last. So first in run differential versus the last in run differential. But at least the Pirates are plus six in their last three. So do with that what you will. For me, this is a, a no play because they're playing the Pirates. It's garbage. Uh, the Angels, let's talk about them. They're on a five-game losing streak. Talking about garbage. Uh, they lost four in a row to the Blue Jays. And also a loss that started with the Rangers heading into that Blue Jays series. So five-game losing streak. Joel Sherman, though, of the New York Post wrote this article and called the Angels the most interesting team in the world. Uh Baseball, right? Baseball team, I think is what he means here. Anyways, he wrote about how Trout and Otani have been having these incredible seasons and how intriguing the Angels are. Um, Trout having the best on-base percentage of his career in 2022 and needing to get him back to the playoffs. Shohei Otani, as many have pointed out, not hitting as well as he did last season, but still had a 126 on-base plus, uh, percentage plus which is the same as Trey Turner, while striking out 35% of the people he's faced while pitching, which is better than every starter except Shane McClanahan and Dylan Cease. The pitching is elite. Cy Young elite. Uh, Otani, by the way, is, ex is scheduled to pitch in this series, the finale of the three-game series uh, against the Yankees. Uh, Noah Thor Syndergaard. Uh, it will be starting on the mound in the opener. And Reed Detmers is set for the middle game, which will be about three weeks after him throwing a no-hitter. The Yankees are actually really beat up right now. They're dealing with injuries. And I'm, as I'm doing this, I'm realizing, too, that why did Will Hill and I not do a crossover pod on this? Um, probably because the chaos of the NBA Finals, Game 7 Sunday, we didn't have time to throw this to, or we didn't probably want to throw this together to talk about the Yankees. We were kind of NBA focused, but uh, luckily baseball is a very long season and we'll get another one in here. Maybe we'll actually get one of these in on uh, for Wednesday's show. But here's what we got. Yankees now have 10 players on the IL, the four that have been sidelined all season, plus six others that were shut down just this month, May. Starting pitcher Luis Gill and bullpen arm Chad Green. UCL injuries, not but a week or two ago. They both require Tommy John surgery. Yikes. Then days later, the Yankees lost their closer, Aroldis Chapman, to the 15-day IL with Achilles tendonitis. That is terrible. Is tendonitis not the worst? That's just, a re like, it's just an abusive, reusive. The more you use it, the more pain you're in, so all you can do is rest. And, of course, they have way more access to, I'm sure, other fun things to help speed that along, but overuse injuries, just terrible. Star infielder DJ LeMahieu, scratched from the lineup, left wrist soreness several hours after that. Tuesday of last week, Giancarlo Stanton pulled from the game, right calf tightness. Don't want that soft tissue injury. Mm -mm. 
he's just, I mean, this is just causing a huge problem for the Yankees. The Yankees bullpen, by the way, also taking hits. Jonathan Lasaga has been dealing with shoulder discomfort. He's undergoing a series of tests, apparently an injury he's dealt with before, but nevertheless, just hurting all around the board. Um, and the Yankees right now, 33 and 15 is their win loss. In their last 10, they're five and five. And they're currently uh, on a two-game losing streak, if you can believe it. So when we look at the mound, Noah Syndergaard, as I mentioned, right-handed pitcher here, 4-2, 3.08 ERA, and a 1.08 whip over those 38 innings he has pitched this season. Uh, I saw an article that pointed out that he's not been throwing as hard as, say, his Mets heyday, but they're you know optimistic that maybe he can get his velocity back as the season goes along. Nevertheless... I think he's been doing a pretty solid job. There was one game that we were kind of like, whoa, what happened there? But uh, most recently, he's been looking a lot more solid again. And then Jordan Montgomery, the left-handed pitcher on the mound here, 0-1, 3.3 ERA, 1.06 whip, over 46 uh, and a third innings pitched this season. He's going to be facing that Angels offense, their top 10 in scoring and batting average. But again, five-game losing streak, so they got to break through here. Shohei Otani was scoring home runs in these Blue Jays' losses, so... I don't know that the offense is the problem for the Angels here. As far as trends are concerned, the Yankees are 4-6 and six in money line bets in their last 10 against the Angels. Keep in mind, those kind of stats go back to games where the teams were very different sometimes. Last 10 games versus the Angels, right? Uh, but the Yankees are also 3-7 and seven in run line bets in their last 10 against the Angels and 6-4 and four in over bets in their last 10 against the Angels. That one is interesting to me. I do think that we could see an ovary type of game here. Uh... Angels plus 43 on the run differential, fifth in the MLB, but they are minus five in the last three games. The Yankees playing hurt here. They're plus five in their last three, but they're plus 73 on the run differential overall, which is second in the MLB behind da -da -da, the Dodgers. So if you want to look to a total here, wouldn't hate that. Um, Adam Burke, who is a lovely guest of the show, is supposed to be on the show Wednesday and Friday, so look forward to that. He'll be here to talk about baseball. He pointed this out in an article that was, I believe was previewing the Angels and the Diamondbacks on Saturday, but this was a general observation from him as well that I thought was good to note, uh, that totals were getting bet up so high. He was talking specifically about this Angels-Diamondbacks game. Uh, was it Angels-Diamondbacks? No, that must have been Dodgers. Regardless, he's talking about totals getting bet up, opening at 9, getting bet up to 11, for example. So lots of over money in the markets right now. So if you like an over, he just said bet it early. If you like an under, wait it out unless it's a weather-related bet. So just a kind of a good rule of thumb. It's hard because everybody's aware of how good these offenses are doing. At least the books are. And so they're going to be up to – they're going to be quick to jive, what you're on right there. So if you like an over, get it early or maybe stay away. Might not necessarily always get the best value on that. I also thought it was funny. There was an ESPN article that pointed out that – both New York teams, the Mets and the Yankees, and both LA teams, the Angels and the Dodgers, are on pace to win 100 or more games. And all four teams are in place, in first place, in their respective divisions. The first time that has happened in MLB history. It's good to be in New York or LA. We'll have to ask uh, Will Hill about this. We'll get him on the pod soon. So which MLB team or town is better, LA or New York? You decide. Coming up, WNBA LA action. Dallas Wings at the LA Sparks on Tuesday, plus three other games all on Tuesday. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Hey there. Welcome back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Danielle Avari. Let's talk 
Tuesday, WNBA. Before we get into Tuesday, who's winning, who's covering? Let's look at the straight up and ATS records of the WNBA team since it is the start of the week. The Aces firmly in front, eight and one straight up, seven and two ATS. Impeccable. I did note that they've actually had quite a few home games. That's probably been to their favor, not on the road as much. And they've also been one of the healthiest teams of the WNBA. They also don't have a ton of points contributions coming from off the bench right now. So I pointed this out actually on Hardwood Handicappers, which is a great uh, basketball betting show that you can find on Beeson on Sundays right now. That'll go through the playoffs or the finals, if you will. Uh, I'll be joining that show at 4.45 p.m. Pacific time every Sunday on VEASAN, if you want to check that out, uh, with JVT, our senior NBA analyst. And I just pointed out that the Aces are a team that are so incredible, but they are also a team that could so easily be very largely affected by one of their starting five, heaven forbid, getting injured. So that is something to keep of note. to note. He was basically saying, should we go in on Aces' future? And I was like, if you want one, I get it. Again, it's like betting Alabama. But the odds are so short. They're like two to one or something. And one injury could really topple this Aces team for a little while is what I fear because they're just not getting a lot of production off their bench, just not have that depth. We saw that in the Aces Sky game on Saturday. The Sky were getting a lot more uh, contribution off their bench, which I think serves them long term. Connecticut, the Sun, my favorite stat patterns here, 6-2 and two and 4-4 four and four ATS. Washington, Mystics in action on Tuesday, 6-3. Seven and two ATS. One thing about Washington, they're going to cover. Dallas is five and three. Atlanta's five and three. And Seattle, five and three. So the Wings, the Dream, and the Storm, all five and three. Dallas and Atlanta are both five and three ATS as well. That's just because they're usually underdogs and they've been cranking. Seattle, however, usually favored and not covering. So three and five ATS, but been dealing with some health and safety protocol issues for the last really two weeks or so. Four and three, that's Chicago. Not great. Even worse, their ATS, two and five. Shocked to see a two and five on Chicago. So defending champs falling off early, but I almost think that's better because they didn't have the most incredible regular season last year and they still went on to go for a run. Uh, they also are a team that was able to really challenge the Aces perimeter offense in that game on Saturday, a a something that other teams could take note of. So if they're going to be one of the few teams whose defenses can figure out how to limit the Aces, that's going to be huge as the season continues. But four and three for Chicago, two and five ATS. LA, the Sparks, are three and six. They're four and five ATS, which is why I hate betting against them. They're so up or down. Uh, Indiana, three and seven. Also so hard to bet against the, the baby fever. Five and five ATS. And then Minnesota, two and six straight up, four and four ATS. That's less surprising because, again, they started the season off really kind of bumpy and they're starting to get a little bit more comfortable. So I think we'll start to see that sort of even out. It's not really the same situation to me as the Sparks and the Fever. Mercury, two and six, straight up and ATS. And then finally, the New York Liberty, one and seven, two and six ATS. So the Mercury, I don't know if it's just this team is having dysfunction on many levels. Sandy Brundello left to coach the Liberty this season, so they have new coach situation. Brittany Griner is overseas being illegally detained or, or wrongfully detained. And Diana Taurasi looks tired every game. 
Um, Tina Charles has taken a huge dip in her points per game production. What's that about? Is that a coaching problem? Is that a Tina problem? Just a mess for Phoenix, really. Ugh. Almost worse off, honestly, than the Liberty. The Liberty are dealing with some injuries. I think once they get everybody back to full strength, we'll see them kind of bounce back a little bit. Tuesday's games, let's start with the 4 p.m. Pacific time. Mystics at the Fever. So the Mystics already beat the Fever in their season opener, 84-70. to 70, Very dominant. But the Fever have surged since then, and they love to push the pace, don't they? They are second in pace. The Mystics, the last. 12th. They are 12th. So 12 of 12. Uh... Fast, one of the fastest team in the league versus by and far the slowest. The Fever are also fifth in points per game. The Mystics are ninth. Fever's offensive rebounding advantage, second for them. The Mystics are ninth. I'm sure that has to do a lot with whether Elena Deladon is playing or not. She has not been playing every game. She's been taking games to rest. She's been taking less trips. Uh, and she's also questionable for Tuesday just because of rest. So that is a huge... It's it's just cannot be ignored. I don't think you can make a bet until you know what her status is. Uh, Mystics are third in turnover percentage, which is great. They take care of the ball well. But the Fever are ninth, which means they're not doing a good job of taking care of the ball. And what's worse is the Mystics get 24% of their points off of turnovers. They're going to be the more veteran team. They're just going to be waiting for the baby Fever to mess up and take advantage of it. Uh, they can't wait to school them. Uh, the Mystics are also third in effective field goal percentage. The Fever are ninth. So while they put a ton of shots up, the Mystics are just going to have a lot better shot selection, etc. We look at offensive rating. The Mystics are fourth. The Fever are ninth. So even though they push that pace and they're going to score, have you seen these high-scoring Fever games? They're crazy. Against a Mystics team that's going to slow them down a bit, a Mystics team that has is third in defensive rating I think it's going to be a little tough for them. It's interesting because the Fever were actually not slowed down that much by the Atlanta Dream, who are also a really good defensive team. But I think that was more because the Fever were able to kind of bend them, and the Dream are also a younger team and not as skilled, actually, as the Fever. And the Fever were able to kind of make them run with them. I think the Mystics are going to control the pace of this game. And the Fever are also 12th in defensive rating. So it could be. Could be ugly. Uh, for who's in, who's out, the Mystics, Alicia Clark, questionable for Tuesday uh, due to an illness. And like I said, Elena Deladon, need to know what's going on there. Uh, Bria Hartley, questionable Tuesday for the fever. She's been out for a while dealing with a hamstring issue, so no change necessarily there. And Alyssa Smith's been back in the lineup since dealing with that ankle injury for a couple games and been a huge boost for the team. As far as trends, it's so trendy. The fever are 5-3 and three ATS as a dog. I hate betting against the Fever when they're a dog, especially when they're getting a ton of points. Uh, the Fever are also 8-2 and two to the over. They love to score. They love to run. On the other side, though, Mystics 1-8 and eight to the under, right? So 8 to the under of those nine games. Uh, no Lana Deladon. I'd look to an under for sure. Maybe a first half under, uh, especially, because things can get out of hand in the second half with the Fever when they start slanging. But I expect the Mystics' defense to be able to slow the Fever down. I also like the Mystics to cover, but not necessarily a huge spread. They did beat them by quite a bit. Again, I think that they just have that veteran presence and they know how to handle this really young team. But I think the Fever have taken steps forward since this game, at least offensively. Not a huge spread I'd like them to cover. We'll see what this ends up being, especially with EDD in or out. 
I'm thinking like I, I want like a three and a half on the mystics, which I know I'm not going to get, but I could get live. We'll see what number we get. Remember, you can always bet live. And if there's anything the fever do, it's score. Both these teams score around the same percentage of points from two and three as each other. Um, so it's going to be a battle there. I think it's going to be a turnover battle issue too. I, like I said, the mystics take care of the ball well. The fever don't, but the fever, they score fast break points. They work those break points. So I think that we're going to see a lower scoring fever game. But what that will end up being, we'll see. Mercury at Sky, also at 4 p.m. Pacific time. It's funny, these first two games, I think, are the less interesting of the four-game slate. But harder to handicap than the bottom two, I would say, or the later two games. Nevertheless, Mercury Sky, both teams played on Sunday. This is the Mercury's fourth game in, the row on a, in a row on the road. They've failed to cover five in a row. They are 0-4 ATS as a dog, and they will be a dog in this matchup. They are 7th in offensive rating and 12th in defensive rating. Just bottom of the pack here. Just really struggling. It's like not even, it's not, it's not even fun to watch. It's really sad. Uh, the Sky are middle of the pack on both offensive and defensive rating at 6th. And really, 59% of their points are coming from 2, which is 2nd in the WNBA. Um, so nearly 60% of their points coming from 2. Tina Charles is going to have big work to do. She has not been up to her usual standards, I would say. And what that is a what that is from tbd but uh, she's gonna have her work cut out for herself here i do think that the mercury's one thing they try to do well is shoot well from three unfortunately sophie cunningham questionable tuesday with an illness didn't play the last game i believe and she's one of their best three-point shooters shay petty is also questionable tuesday with a back injury diana tarasi has i i know we've said this before on the show but a one person pointed out on twitter basically sleepwalking through some of these games. Um, we know that Diana Trossi is an incredible basketball player and can get up for the games that matter. I, I don't know. I don't know where she's at right now. I don't know where her head's at and where this team is at. It must be so frustrating for them. But the Sky have nothing to note in terms of injuries. They're, they should be at basically full strength. They're going to be favored in this game by how much we'll see. It could be up to eight. I mean, it could be. It could be high. Just with the way the Mercury have been playing, like I said, failed to cover five times in a row. The Sky are 2-4-1 and one to the under, so four of those seven games have been to the under. I don't know if that is representative of, of their defense, because I think their defense needs to actually step it up a little bit. That's their biggest strength, and I think they've been letting people kind of run up some of these scores. Um, Phoenix will be beat at the end of this road trip. Uh, the Mercury are not doing anything particularly well. I think we fade them. I think we continue to fade them here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the spreads be are. And uh, I don't know if I would want to fade them necessarily in the first half. I think they'll come out with a little spark, a little fight. They'll try. But they looked god-awful on Sunday versus the Dream. Neither of these teams is covering particularly well. 2-5 and five ATS for Chicago, 2-6 and six for Phoenix. But I do think that Chicago will get this done. We'll see if the spread doesn't get out of control. Uh, let's look at the last two games. 6 p.m. is Sun at Aces, and 7.30 p.m. is Wings at Sparks. There's that L.A. team. So Sun at Aces. The Sun are second in offensive rating and second in defensive rating. The Aces are first in offensive rating by far and fourth in defensive rating. If there's an area they can step up a little bit, it would be on defense for sure. But the thing is, they can completely out offense. Like, they can just hammer these other teams right now in the league. It's it's just they're they're playing at their own level. What Becky Hammond's been able to do with them in such a short amount of time has been incredible. But as I've already mentioned, not getting a lot of points contributions from their bench. So a little precarious if they have any injuries to that starting 5-6 there. 
Who's in, who's out? Speaking of injuries, uh, Jasmine Thomas out for the season for the Sun. Knee, ACL, we found this out last week, heartbreaking, uh, but still the status. And then Joyner Holmes, also questionable Tuesday, not necessarily a huge mover to the spread for me. As for the Aces, uh, Raquana Williams, questionable for Tuesday as well. She's been out for a couple games now and not necessarily a, a spread mover necessarily. As far as the trends, the Aces are 4-1 ATS at home. They'll be home here, but they're also 7-2 ATS overall and as a favorite. They're just covering. They're cover machines. Uh, the Aces have also covered three straight. And as far as the high scoring factor of this game, the Sun are trying to push the pace this year. They're doing a better job. They've moved up from, uh, you know, last in pace, I think, last year to 10th now. So move up two spots. But it's coming with its own issues, which is turnovers. And also their lineup's been getting tweaked with a little bit with Jasmine Thomas out. And uh, they've been having a little bit of issues there. I spoke with Brendan Glasheen, who is the play-by-play for the Connecticut Sun. He's been on this show before and asked him, what do you think What do you think's going on with the Sun? Because I said, not that they aren't playing well. They absolutely are, but they're not playing at the level that the Aces are. What's What do you think is getting in their way right now? And he said, it's very simple. It's turnovers. So the Sun need to work out those kinks. They have all the pieces they need. This is going to be such an incredible game, I think. But I think the Aces are going to whoop them. I do. I think they're going to be way too fast, way too talented offensively, especially. The Sun defense, maybe they can find a way to give trouble to this Aces team the way that Chicago Sky did, but the Aces still ended up winning that one by what? Like quite a few points still. So I like Aces to cover here. I also think we'll see a high scoring game, but as I mentioned, the Aces are five and four to the over. The Sun are five and three. These are the top two teams. And I talked about their offensive ratings, right? First for the Aces, second for the Sun. The total is going to reflect that. It might get out of hand. It might be too high. They're They're dying for you to bet that over. Now, can it hit? Sure. But I think if the Sun want a chance at winning this game, they need to do it with their defense. So just be careful of an overinflated total on these Aces games. I'd rather get something live. You usually get a little bit more fair of a number. As for the Wings at the Sparks, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Wings, are they the most fun? Are they more fun than the Fever right now? I think so. They're also cover machines. They're 4-2 and two ATS as a dog. Uh, they're 4-1 ATS on the road. They are road dogs, but 1-2 and two at home. So they're on the road here facing the Sparks. The Sparks, what, third home game of the season? They've been all over the place. They've been on the road, but not winning or covering. As far as who's in, who's out, the Wings have no one out. The Sparks, this is kind of of note to me. Jordan Canada, uh, formerly of the Seattle Storm, before that UCLA, incredible point guard. So tough, so good at facilitating the offense. Uh, is questionable for Tuesday with a hamstring injury. Is she, like, moving the point spread a ton? No, but she's her out of the mix is going to really cause a chink in this Sparks team, I think, for sure. Uh, so I think for a lot of reasons we have to look at the Wings in this. Uh, the Wings are ninth in defensive rating. The Sparks are 11th. The Wings are third in offensive, and the Sparks are fifth. I expect the Wings perhaps to be slightly favored in this. I don't know if they'll even give this like a toss-up game. Like Maybe they'll give us something similar to what we saw with Mercury and Dream on Sunday morning. Um, but the way the wings have been playing and the way the sparks have been looking, you would probably look more to the wings in this situation in terms of who will be favored over, over, over should be a high scoring game. These lines don't tend to get too crazy. The sparks are an ovary team seven and two to the over. So could see something maybe a little bit too high. Again, maybe we'll look in game or something, even in the first quarter or so. But I think we have to look at which team has the better, more consistent defense. And if we're talking consistent offense, to me, that's that's also the Wings over the Sparks. The Wings 
are the more consistent defense. They're the stronger defense right now, and they're the road dogs, and they've been killing it. I'll probably look to their side here. It'll be interesting to see what the what the lines up being. If it ends up being like five or six points, I don't know if I want to lay that with the wings. Not that they couldn't cover it, but tricky things with the sparks. But hopefully it's 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 a small number and we can get in on the wings. Or get in live. You know I love that. For my final plays, I'll tweet that out when I have them. Until then. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast presented uh, by Bet River Sportsbook. New shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On Wednesday and Friday, hopefully we'll have Adam Burke here to talk baseball. We also should possibly have some WNBA guests lined up as well for the coming shows. I'll be back for more LA action on Wednesday. So come on back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.